Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I'm on my way to work this morning, and uh, I had a PM from one of our listeners yesterday who wanted to kind of talk about his thoughts on uh, my last podcast about comparing magic to Star Trek, and I thought I'd go over it a little bit. <clears throat> uh, his uh, first point here, he says, thank you for the comparison podcast. Um, he's played uh, he's played Trek and Magic for many years. Um, and uh, he basically goes on to say that he loves to play in Magic Sealed tournaments. Now. So, um, you know, that's, that's exciting that um, even though even though competitive magic in a constructed format, you know, it definitely is an option. You know, it's not for everyone. And some people just do it for years. You know, they'll go, oh, I, I, um, I can't play magic as a, a constructed player for, uh, for the reason that it just costs too much. You know, I was, and then, uh, you know, I was talking with Daniel Madison yesterday, too, about, not yesterday, um, Saturday. And he too is in kind of the same place. He he plays magic. He likes to play draft and sealed, but he knows he he did constructed for a while and said I can't keep up with it. So he he totally got out of it. So he'll play draft and constructed. So you know, or draft and sealed. So you know, it's definitely a big option that's out there for people who just want to play magic but not necessarily collect it. And Daniel even claimed he was uh, really good at. Uh, at sealed magic, you know, one of the best. He can really hold his own. So that that uh, you know, it goes to say that you know maybe there's a, a bit of extra skill to it because truly, um, you know, I think of magic as also this the king of sealed deck, and they really put a lot of consideration into each set as to is this draftable? Will this be a fun draftable format? And that's, that's something that I do think Trek is lacking, unfortunately. Um, especially, I mean, especially at the beginning of Block. Um, the idea was, we, if I recall, you know, one of Block's goals was to be a potential sealed format. Kind of uh, an answer to infinite diversity for first edition. I don't know if that ever came to fruition. But we... <clears throat> I've played, I did play a sealed block tournament. Uh, you know, it didn't suck. Um, we were each given certain thematic cards, and I think we drafted, I think we drafted packs from Next Gen and Energize. It worked out okay. Uh, I'm not, I don't, I've never, I, I did play in a draft tournament for Magic once, and I got my ass handed to me after the first round, and it was elimination, so I just went home. But um, I, I just have to imagine that Magic, with Magic's, you know, nearly infinite resources, they can put together a really good sealed game. And, and considering also that it's um, larger sets, um, less variety. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I'm just going to take a wild step here and say that Magic can definitely offer a, a really good sealed environment and draft environment that Trek may not be able to at this point. So, uh, my reader 
goes on to say that uh, that he thought my comparison of magic people to Trek people was, um, or he's heard that other people have that perception too, and he thinks it's somewhat unfair. He says they've generally been normal, pleasant people. There are some annoying ones, but no more obnoxious than some Trek players I've I've encountered. Uh, yeah, of course, right. So there's always the obnoxious Trek player. Um, and they, you know, and you just put up with it, right? You go, okay, well, I, I like this game more than I hate you, so I will play this. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I guess I just feel like a cold presence from... It could be my inexperience, but when I, when I did play Magic competitively once... I got a cold perception from my opponent. Kind of like, noob, you don't know what you're doing. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna take full advantage of this and you should have come prepared. Not, not. oh, you wanna play Magic? Oh, hey, well, you know, this is a great game. You know, I'm gonna help you a little bit. Can you, I'm like, can you help me with the rules? Yeah, you know, but no, I, I did not get that perception, you know, but I'm, I'm judging a whole group by one person. I can't do that, that's just not, you should never do that. Of course, that's what your mother should have taught us all. Or my mother, your, our moms taught us not to judge people by one. Yes. So anyway. Okay. So what else did uh, our reader say? Um, oh, this is this is a letter from Triumph, by the way. So uh, Trek is a more complex game than Magic, but uh, Magic sometimes has more complex cards. Uh, that's an interesting point, right? So he basically goes on in the letter to say that Tui is certainly a more complex game with less variety, uh, not variety, variety is the wrong word, um, with less um, versatility, not versatility, that's the wrong word too. Um, volatility. There's less volatility in Trick than there is in Magic, and that's just inherent in the game. And um, Magic games may take 15, 20 minutes Whereas trick games tend to take three times that. And that's just part of the game, right? And that's... I think that's what people really like about Magic, is that it is a quick game. And you'll play your three games, and it feels a little bit more fair, right? If we had infinite time, right, I think 2e, maybe 1e, but at least 2e, would be a game where... where uh, you'd play three, a best of three, probably. Because even though... And maybe not, maybe not even Tui, but Magic certainly because of the lack of... It's uh, it's more volatile in Magic to get the cards you need. Whereas in Tui, you tend to draw more of your deck. You tend to see certain cards, and there's a higher probability that you'll get what you need, I guess. Because that's how the game works, so... So that's an interesting point. Uh, if 1E was best of three, I don't think... The, the problem there is that the seed cards are... are definitely... Once you see them, you can be prepared for them. 2E is kind of less so. You're not going to see... You probably won't see the entire Dilemma Pile. And even if you do, what are you going to do about it? You, you might see all of a TT Pile. And then you go, oh, well... I have a kill pile. Um, so what? I'm going to throw less dudes at it? I'm going to throw more dudes at it? I don't know. 
I'm gonna make sure I've got the requirements for Sielkowski. Maybe, I don't know. Really? Okay. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, you, you just have to be very careful. Um, in, I guess nah, that was the wrong thing. But magic, you've got your sideboard, that's what it's there for. It's to help you prepare for the next two games. And that's another interesting part, right? You can't change your, you can't swap your deck in 1E and 2E at all. The Q's Tent is really a utility card that's full of utilities that you're just gonna, hopefully, you know, I think a, a good Trek player can use all 13 cards in the tent every game and they belong there and they don't belong in the deck and they, the, a good Trek player knows to put in cards that you can download and cards that you may need in a pinch that if you drew it and discarded it, you wouldn't, you'd be pretty, you'd be pretty sad. So, so yeah, you, you just have to be uh, prepared for these situations. Um, so let's see, uh, what else did our uh, reader have to say? said, um, yeah, 2E is a much more complex game. You know, you, you look at the simplicity of, I, yeah. 2E was Trek trying to be simple, right? And magic is whatever magic is. And yeah, on the whole, both games are relatively simple. Magic, you have land cards and you have to draw only, you'll usually only draw one card, and you put the land out so you can play cards that cost a certain amount. And then, so, you know, the rules, at least on the surface of things, are very simple, but then when you get into the nitty-gritty, both games have complexity. Um, Magic has awkward timing rules that can sometimes creep in, you just don't know how to handle it. And then Trek... Trek did a, I think it's done a good job of trying to really say when things happen. The current rulings document with its outline of, yeah, when um, you're attempting a mission and they go, oh yeah, well, um, in phase 3C you have to do things and phase, uh, you, you gotta, you know, check for these requirements or check for the cost of the dilemmas and that sort of things. And that was definitely missing from the original rule booklet. And I can see why, you know, they're trying to keep it really simple, but I think it's better to have things well-defined, of course. And Magic, huh, well, I, if you thought the glossary was big, right, in 1E, Magic's got their comprehensive rule document. And I, I honestly, you know, we had a situation come up in a casual game um, between a friend of mine and me. Um, where we're trying to figure out if I could use Downpour, some blue card that makes your opponent tap their cards, it's an instant. And I'm wondering, well, can I do this as a reaction to you attacking me? You know, or something like that, or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know, he doesn't know. You know, he had an idea that I couldn't, and then, so we played it that I couldn't, and then, you know, I go look online, and people are of the opinion that you can, but... I went to go look at the rules dog, I don't even know where to begin with that thing, because it's not organized by card like the glossary is, it's organized by rule, and I don't know what these rules are, and honestly, it is, it's a legal document, it's worse than a legal document, it's, it's incredibly complex, and I just had no idea where to even begin with it, so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that magic is 
maybe more complex than 1E. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's pretty bold, though, and I'm sure there'll be some disagreement with me on that. I just, it, it is a hard document to understand. Um, I'm sure that if, you know, a very experienced player sat me down and said, no, this is how you're supposed to read that document, then maybe I would have a chance. But for now, I'm just perplexed. So probably at the end, you know, TUI is probably a lot simpler rules-wise than Magic, but TUI has complex gameplay. It's not, oh, these guys are attacking and then you take this much damage. It's, oh, we gotta draw the dilemmas and then we gotta compare the skills and then do you still have the skills? No, you don't solve the mission, you're stopped. And um, it, it certainly is a longer game than Magic. Is it more complex? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. But they both have their strengths and weaknesses and people like them for what they are. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say that I, I am happy with my 2E the way it is. I'm, I'm kind of happy with 1E the way it is for the most part. Um, we could talk about 1E and the ban list and Magic and their, and their ban list, and that's kind of an interesting topic, but maybe that's for another day. Um, anything else the reader had to say? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, in terms of ban lists and restricted lists and stuff like that, 1E didn't have one until... Oh, 1E, I guess, started the trend with Worlds 2002. They said, you can't play with these five cards. And that was seemed pretty reactionary. <laughs> it seemed like, well, um, let's, let's not give our players a lot of time to figure out how to not play with these five cards with like Roborg Ambush and Vic Fontaine and stuff like that. And just, you know, come as you come and let the chips fall where they lay. Um, I, I, I thought that was a terrible move, honestly. Um, it was, I guess, the compromise that had to be made at that time to uh, sort of even the playing field. But if you play Trek and you're not playing with the five cards that were on the list, you were pretty much doing it wrong. And yes, that's a problem. That is a problem. There should not be cards in any CCG that are mandatory to be played in every deck. That should be a fundamental rule of creating a customizable card game. Except for, you know, land, right? You know, if it's a resource that everyone has access to, then yes, of course, you know, that should be in every deck, if need be. But no. No, um, and that's why cards like These Are the Voyages or Cue the Referee or things like that are kind of a problem. Now, at the end of the day, um, I'm willing to give Tribunal of Q and Cue the Ref a pass, and I guess Q's 10, just because they're, they're, they are printable, first of all, and they are there to curb abusive strategies it was Decipher's model for keeping the abuse down because they didn't want to ban cards. And I guess it was the next best thing. And I'm okay with that. But cards, the five cards, you know, like Vic Fontaine, Roborg Ambush, or Roborg Mercenaries, and stuff like that. Well, um, do you ban it? Do you make a new ref card that says these are invalid and that's what the Stratagema was? And that was a cluster on its own right. But, uh and I could probably do a whole show on just how I feel about 
ref cards and the history of them and everything. In fact, that might be an interesting show to do anyway. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm okay with the ref cards as is. I guess maybe it might just be because I'm used to it, though. I, I, <laughs> maybe I'm, you know, and it's I maybe I'm not really sure where I stand on them. It's probably a topic worth further discussion, but I try to see both sides of the argument. I try to say, see, well, let's just ban the cards and then fix them so that they don't need to be reft. Okay, and that's what we're doing. Um, but then people miss out on playing certain cards, and that's why I like Revised, because I miss War Council and VCM and things like that. Um, so, and then you got to, you know, and the ban list has been around for, what, three, four years now? And I don't know, how many cards have we taken off of it? Like, ten? Maybe? That's the kind of thing that probably could have been taken care of a lot more quickly. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we just don't have the playtest load for it or the focus. I mean, here, here's my thought. Do we want another set? Or do we want the cards off the ban list? Personally? If it was put to a vote, I'd say, let's get the cards off the ban list. Let's just do it. And now I'm ranting and I'm getting completely off topic. Um, so let me end this here. And I think I'm going to start a new show about that topic. So thank you for listening, everyone. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to either give me a call at 267-CALL-CPJ or drop me a PM. And I, if you want me to, I will discuss your letter or voicemail, or I might even air your voicemail on the show. All right, this is Corbin Johnson saying so long, and thanks for all the trek.